Welcome to Season 4, Episode 1 of the Angry Quarterbacks. Yes, we're back again from the James Rapine Memorial Studio. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback, Tony Pike of UC, Carolina Panthers, and Reading High School fame. We will talk about some NFL football, some high school football, some college football. So we got a lot to get to, but Tony, welcome back to Season 4. It's great to be here. It's like our senior season. It is. Unless you gray shirt and red shirt, then you still got two more seasons. I, I'm going to red shirt, I'm going to take an emergency medical red yep. shirt year, and then I'm going to become a grad transfer. And I'm if I don't play for seven years. And if I don't come back next year, I'm transferring. That, that's correct. Exactly right. That's how it works. Because if someone takes my spot, I'm leaving. That's how it works anymore. Yep. Anytime a quarterback takes a quarterback spot, that quarterback leaves. Correct. All right, um, let's start with the NFL, and we'll start with the Bengals, um, and we'll get to the Andrew Luck uh, situation in retirement in, in Indianapolis. Uh, over the weekend, the new head coach, Zach Taylor, announcing uh, the, the offensive line starters after there'd been competition in camp, surprised everybody by announcing an undrafted rookie free agent will start at wide receiver. Uh, what did you make of, of what he did and how they did this? I think it, it finally sends a message, and I think it's a positive message going forward for this organization. I mean, for so long, and we saw it with Obwehi, it was like, okay, we drafted this guy high, we need to give him every chance in the world. And again, they, they made it very clear, especially the Billy Price situation, it wasn't an indictment on Billy Price. Trey Hopkins just played better. He did. So, and I think I think it's a little bit on Billy. I think the yeah. injury was part of it a little bit. Right. But yeah, Trey got some opportunity early in camp when Billy was down. Yep. Offensive line played pretty well. They thought they had something. Yep. They wanted to see it in preseason games. Trey played well in preseason games. Trey's the starter, and that's that's swallowing a lot because you're talking about putting the 2018 first round Again, pick yes. on the bench. Now they kept. They've said a lot of good things about Billy since then. Uh, Billy said all the right things, and Billy probably will get a crack to start again. But um, it was interesting to me. And then, you know, John Jerry, who was in the battle for the left guard spot right. with Michael Jordan, he played for Jim Turner with the Miami Dolphins. Started 32 games over two years for Jim Turner with the Miami Dolphins. Was brought here after not playing anywhere last year mm-hmm. because of familiarity with Jim Turner. And yet, a rookie fourth round pick beats John Jerry out. And it's not because John Jerry did anything wrong. Again, it's because Michael Jordan, a, has a ton of upside, yep. and b. It's pretty good right now. Well, and what they've created on the offensive line is guys that can come in and play multiple right. spots. We saw Billy Price get some guard reps. Michael Jordan gotten reps all over the offensive line. To me, though, it sends a message early on from Zach Taylor and this new staff that, look, I don't care where you were drafted. I don't care how long you've played. If you're not getting your job done and someone else is, then we're going to give them the opportunity. It goes all into this win-now mold, and we've seen it for years in the past of a guy that, because he got drafted high, was still playing when really he shouldn't be. So you start that, then you, you, you talk about Damian Willis, the undrafted wide receiver. I mean, that, that is going to open opportunities in the future, I believe, for players out there, free agents, uh, guys that are coming in and say, look, we can go to a different, we can go to the Bengals and, as they've seen the track record already, be an opportunity and give a chance to go out and play right away, even though I'm not drafted, or even though they already have an incumbent at, say, left guard or something like that. It's sending the message that, hey, you come in and outperform the other guy, then you get playing time on this team. So I, I just think it's refreshing from Zach Taylor. I think it's a great start. Obviously, you and I both know from watching this team throughout training camp, there's a long way to go. Long way to go. Still where, where this team is at. But I, but I like the, the mentality to play your best 11 guys on each side of the ball. Yeah, and, and talking with some of those players involved, Damien Willis and, and, and Trey Hopkins especially, um, I, I think they made it a point of it, it is kind of nice that, listen, there's no politics. Mm-hmm. There's the, We're going to play the best players, and if you, if you win the job, you get the job. And I think that permeates to all the other guys. Now, to play devil's advocate for a second, it, 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 it's nice that they did this because these guys earned it. 
But are you going to win in this league with a lot of undrafted well, free agents starting positions? I mean, Trey Hopkins, God bless him. He's yeah. done a great job. He he didn't play his first two years. He was on injured reserve, then was on the practice squad, barely played his third year, spent most of that time on the practice squad, has started some games over the last couple of years at Garden Center. But suddenly now he's the starting center for week one. And you've got a rookie fourth-round pick starting at left guard. And you got an undrafted rookie starting at wide receiver. Again, I think it's great that they did. I think best man should always win. Yeah. Period. End of story. And if they prove that, that's great. But is that more of an indictment on the talent level, or is it more, hey, these guys showed what they need to do? I, I think at this point it is an indictment on the talent level. And I was talking yesterday about this because we're talking about, hey, it's a positive this is happening, but week one is at Seattle. You have Trey Hopkins at center, a rookie at left guard, and an undrafted rookie at receiver yeah. with no A.J. Green. I mean, that Joe Mixon, okay, I hope you're carrying the ball 30 <laughs> times. Uh, but I, I think it is more an indictment on where this roster is right now. And obviously they want to rebuild this roster to different heights, clearly. Right. Uh, but what I think is interesting about this, and I think it's worth mentioning because we are in James Rapine Memorial, Memorial Studio, Studio yes. does this permeate down and send a message to a, another first-round pick? I was going to ask you that That question. was on this and, team. And I, th- I think it probably does. And it should. Um, I, I, think, I think especially with first-round picks, I do think you – I know some people have talked about if he doesn't – play well and you know early in the season what do you do with him do you even bring him back next year I do think with a rookie or with a guy on a first round contract um that rookie contract that four-year contract I do think you kind of let that play itself out I don't think you cut yeah. your nose off to spite your face I do think this though I think this being year three John Ross has to show something right he's got to show well that would be on getting on the field first that, that, that's start now he, he's on the field now he practiced Sunday he practiced yesterday um it was funny I we we, we those of us that cover the team regularly, we, we kind of take attendance every day to make sure we're not missing somebody who's not there. And it took me a little bit to find, to find John Ross. Yeah. He was there, I trust me, but I thought, oh, no, not one day into this he's gone again. But that's that's kind of where you feel. Right. Um, yeah, and I'm interested to see what they, they can do with him in, in this offense. I'm interested to see if they can do some different things and more creative things. But I think, back to your original point, because I was going to ask you that question, I, I, I think that, yes, I think it does send the message of, Hey man, you 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 know you're in year three of four year de- of a four year deal. We'll keep you around as long as we can keep you around. But if you're not going to produce, and we've got other guys in that room, we don't have to keep you around. Well, and I think that's the point. It's not like the other guys in that room haven't produced when given opportunities. Well, but they haven't produced in a and long that, haul over in game, right? In, 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 I mean, Cody Core's got a handful of career catches, right? Um, Josh Malone, oh, on, the same on way. Tate's only got right. a handful of career catches, but I think they've shown in camp. That they're capable now. Can they do it in when it means something and when you're right. playing first team defensive backs and all of those things? But I mean, it's not like John's proven much yet either. He does exactly. Have this, he does have the seven touchdown catches last year. I can't discount that. Seven touchdowns, what? Twenty one catches. Twenty catches, I believe, yeah. for two ten. So right. I mean, not even a high average for for your speed guy, your over the top guy. But I do think that it does. I think it sends that message to all of these guys. I think if you see. Malik Jefferson get mm-hmm. let go, and I think that's a real possibility. A yeah. third round pick last year. I think. Um, I don't think they just keep, doesn't look the part. It, it, a he doesn't look the part, and B, um, I think they only keep five linebackers. He's the sixth guy, and he doesn't bring a lot of special teams value. But that's saying something too that that in the you know one year after you took him in the third round and third round to me I always look at third round and above need to be yeah. starting fairly quickly. Right, right. You know I mean? Fourth you're, round guy, it's maybe a developmental guy. Michael Jordan's a fourth round guy, yep. and maybe they got an absolute steal there in the fourth round. It sure seems that way. Um, anything later than that, hey, yeah. it's gravy. But, you know, third-round guy, you usually don't give up on that guy two years into the process, and they may just do that. Right, and I think going back to the, to the whole John Ross aspect, for this team as a whole, 
we talked through training camp that there just wasn't many down the field throws. There wasn't many down the field threats. And say what you want. I think I think scheme wise, the stuff's been great because I think receivers have been more open than we've seen I in the past. Too. I do too. Even I on the 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 Dalton pick six. I mean, there was separation yeah, oh yeah. if it doesn't get batted no, down. No, that would have been a touchdown yes. if, if it didn't get tipped. So I like schematically where this team is at. Uh, but at some point, you have to take the top off the defense more and more. And, and without A.J. Green for right now, uh, Tyler Boyd's more of a slot guy. Correct. John Ross is supposed to be that down the field, take the top off the defense. So until he's doing that, what are you going to get? Extra guys in the box stopping the run. Uh, defense is playing well, up and, and as much as I like the passing scheme, and I like you know the fact that uh, in the preseason, I think Andy Dalton literally got hit one time. Mm-hmm. He didn't get sacked. So the other quarterbacks did when some of right. the subs run, but but Andy did not get sacked. They didn't run it well. The first team offense, I think, had uh, 21 yards rushing on 12 carries in the preseason, so right. they didn't run it well. But they protected Andy, and some of that though is schematics. It's I mean he's he feels like he catches the snap, is on his back foot, and the ball's out of his hands. It's yeah. a very quick. But eventually, team yeah teams are going to teams are going to cheat up, cheat up, cheat up, and field. force you to put it down the field. Right. So yeah, John's got to be able to, to to be that guy. I yeah. think, and we'll we'll see if he the, can. The interesting piece of this with these uh, new roles and and starters and guys having their jobs taken, what is the leash for? A guy like Trey Hopkins. I mean, I, is that I, a, it? I asked Jim Turner that. Now, now we asked Zach Taylor that, and Zach said he, you know, I, I don't plan on having a quick hook. They didn't say he wouldn't have a hook. Yeah. I asked Jim Turner the same thing yesterday, and and he he said, "Look, you got to perform. You don't perform. Right. I, I got. I, I'm going to bring seven guys to a game. Yep. And if you're not performing, I'll put another guy. Which in Which is there. something we haven't seen in the past either. Correct. So Correct. yeah, I think at least that it, it it holds these guys accountable, not just for the game, but series by series. Yeah. You better lock in and bring it. Yeah, and he said, look, look I know guys are going to make mistakes. I'm not here to tell you I'm going to pull them for every little mistake. But if they're not performing, right. it's a league you got. And I think it's I, – I agree with you. I mean, it's, yep. hey, you're getting paid. You're a professional. If you don't perform, we've got another professional that's yep. getting paid. Let's let him give it a try. Yes, sir. No doubt about it. Um, preseason game four is always kind of interesting to oh. me because it, it feels like it's just a, an exercise in futility. It used to mean something. But, well, I'm, that's what I was going to ask you because, I, I mean – I know for for some guys in that locker room, it will mean something. Mm-hmm. It may mean their last football game they ever play. Um, it may mean that that there's a handful of jobs that are still up for grabs. The cornerback spot, uh, I think there's there's is is up for grabs. You know, one of those last wide receiver spots. Um, the defensive line can Andrew Brown have another good game and put himself in the mix. So it does mean some things. And you, and you played in fourth preseason mm-hmm. games. I mean. Th- the guys that you played with, and not just for yourself personally, it, it had to, it did mean something, right? Yeah, I mean for me that was that was like my last chance. I was battling with Hunter Cantwell to make the team. He had already been on the roster, and you know that's I mean that's when I beat Hunter Cantwell out. Yeah, but to tell back you what, in two thousand ten. Very, very few quarterbacks. Yeah. ever. I mean look at the career he's gone on to have. Correct. <laughs> to to make that roster preseason game number four. Uh, it, it it doesn't seem to have the same value now because I no, think, it seems even you're right. It does seem because even I less. think it, it almost feels like coaches don't even take it as serious. So the game plans, game preps, not as serious. The other team's not playing so. So it's one thing to evaluate guys, but you're also evaluating guys that probably aren't likely going to make the other roster as well. So it's great for players to get film out there of themselves uh, to use for their own tape, whether that's try to get on a practice squad right. somewhere or make another roster. But other than that, I mean, it is a it's a glorified scrimmage for a lot of these guys moving forward. It, it is. It, it feels like year after year as it goes by, it becomes less impactful. Yeah, very much so. To our point, it's almost like, okay, just give us three preseason games. I mean, the Bengals had to sign an offensive lineman yesterday because they're not going to play their starting five. Right. May not play Andre Smith because just Cordy Glenn's got the concussion and you don't know 100% if he's going to be there for Seattle. It sounds like he will be. 
but they literally signed this guy to give them a seventh offensive lineman. He, probably, he may not even have to play, but right. look, you need some bodies, and they need that's, right. that. But that's where things are yep. in a game like this. You're you're playing so few guys that you just got to make sure you got enough bodies in each position just to get through the daggone game. Correct. All right, let's move on to uh, to Andrew Luck. Mm. Um, you, you got hurt in your career. Mm-hmm. Um, went through some things injury wise. Yeah. And I think the thing here, the first and foremost, a lot has been made of the fans booing yeah. Andrew Luck when he walked off the field. I think it's shameful. I think it's disgraceful. I also get it on the other hand. Well, I, I get it from the perspective of, of fans are just, they're so emotionally tied that yeah. they can't separate reality from their fandom a lot of times. So I do, yeah. I, I, I'm not, trust me, I'm not taking up for the fans that boot. I think it's disgraceful. I think it's disgusting. It's not your decision to make. It's his decision to make all of those things. I do get it, though. I mean, you're paying a pretty good piece of change. Without fans, there's no game. And I know without players, there's no game. But without right. fans, there's no game, too. So they do have an investment in it to, to a large degree. But the thing, and I, I've, I've talked about this with, with, with friends and, and you know sometimes even on Twitter with people. Tyler Eifert comes to mind. Tyler Eifert's yeah. been hurt a lot. And you get the, oh, he's glass. He's fragile. No. Right. But I think the thing that people don't get is, Literally, how many times that man has been cut on his body mm-hmm. to have something surgically repaired? I've never had surgery in my life. I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, right. I, 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 a broken finger. I didn't even want a pin in it. For goodness' sakes, I just wanted to just let it yep. let it heal crookedly, and I'm done with it. I'm good. I, so I, I don't think people can really fully compartmentalize what an athlete, especially a football player, especially one with the injury history of Andrew Luck, has gone through. Right, and I think. You know, it's at that stage where you went through it. Yeah. Walk me through that. To well, the, I mean, I know you would have kept playing if you could. You didn't get as right. beat up as Andrew Luck did, but you right. had an injury. Yeah, well, yeah. The, I mean, the injury I had basically was, hey, you can't play football anymore. Right. Uh, so it wasn't my decision as it was Andrew Luck's. But to, to start, the, the fans booing, look, first of all, you know if you're at preseason game number three that late, you're probably still a passionate fan <laughs> going to those preseason <laughs> games. Uh, but here's, here's how I see it. The Colts, to many, are a Super Bowl contender this year. Were. So, yeah. So, if you're a Colts fan and you're going into the preseason, you are – I mean, think of the level of excitement if the Bengals are being talked about of winning 10 oh, or 11 I, I, games. Yeah, absolutely. That's a whole different feel. You know, the Vegas number, I think, went for them from nine, nine and, and a half, half to five, to five and, and a half. half. Yeah, four, yeah. Four win differential. Not for Mo Egger. Mo, Mo jumped on real quick and so, got the under. Not, not, to, not, not for an aside. Supposedly, somebody walked into a book on Saturday morning – and made it, asked, what's the largest wager I can make on the under for the Colts? Mm. The book, t- I think it's the Oasis Sports Book. You can look it up. Mm. I think the book took it. And now it makes you wonder, yep. what did that guy know? Yep. What did that person know? I need know? the inside sources that that guy has. <laughs> I know. That's a pretty good wager. But no, I mean, so I, I think, one, I think that's where some of the boot was just that knee-jerk reaction yeah. where I think a, a lot of them feel it's bad about it now. It is. It is. For what, when I mean, you look at the Andrew Luck injury report, and what he's done he's for coming, your franchise. Yeah, for what I he's mean, done. He almost seamlessly took you from Peyton Manning. I mean, there was no transition right. period off of Peyton Manning. Right. Right? I mean, yep. that doesn't happen in this league. There's always a transition period. Yeah. So Dan Orlovsky tweeted out yesterday, uh, he was in the same locker room as Calvin Johnson. And he said, I watched a guy for years come into the locker room at 5 a.m. to rehab and get back on the field and be ready to play. And I watched, you know, the smile go to anger and you could just see on his face that and he, he was, walked away and he walked away early so you know Andrew Luck in his in his conference press conference he kept saying you know the cycle has been injury pain rehab injury pain rehab and that's all it's been for him so you look at a guy and and 
I think what shocks people right away is when he's on the field, loves the game, can tell he's got a passion for the no game, question. enjoys what he does. But it's what goes on to your body outside of that. So, you know, for me, I, I played two years of college football, and I was on a roster in the NFL. And I'll wake up in mornings, my whole body hurts. I believe it. And I'll wake I up, and in, in, in the winter, my arm aches constantly. And that's from two and a half years of, of actual playing. I mean, Andrew Luck, look at all the hits, look at all the injuries, and now the knowledge going forward of what this is doing to players later in their life. Correct. The physical toll that it's taken. Andrew Luck is a new father. Uh, he wants to travel the world with his wife. I mean, that I, I it's it sucks for the game of football. But I don't. I don't think this is a out of the order. I think this is the norm sometime now going forward. Well, I, I do too, especially the for players, guys. He's made his money. He's twenty nine. Especially those guys that get that second contract. Yep. And, and I'm not so sure if you don't get your big second because the, the rookie contract is pretty standard. Right. Now it's it's tiered. I mean, first round guys are getting more money than seventh round guys, obviously yep. by a significant margin. But it's that second contract. You get the second contract. Rarely do you get a third, but if you do, then right. you're you're making some real bank mm-hmm. at that point. But the second contract, you can make some pretty good bank right. too, especially if you had a good first finish it first out run. And, and roll out. I, I, I'm wondering if that's not the case. Yeah. But and, for, I, and I get it. Yeah, but for Andrew Luck, I mean, you got to think, and and you don't see people just think, okay, these guys practice, they meet, they play games. So Andrew Luck probably getting there hour and a half, two hours before everyone to start rehabbing. Correct. I mean, to even feel normal in the morning, he has to go through rehab. To get his body ready, whether that's stem or heat nice or stretching or something like that. But see, that's the, no one sees that. Right. That, that's the part I think that no one right. that no one sees And then that. it's film, practice, and then what do you do before you leave if you're Andrew Luck? You rehab more. Right. So that's all he's been doing. He comes back, he gets hurt. All the pain that goes with an injury, from that injury you rehab until you're healthy again, and then you go back and something else happens. And that just, mentally, that just takes a toll and you could see it in his emotions. You could see it in the way he was talking and the way he was carrying himself. I mean, that's a guy, last year when he was playing and on his run, he was a guy that was upbeat. You hear the 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 films and the clips from audio from in games. And well, he's, a, he, he's he an get, upbeat. Yeah, when he gets, when he gets hit. Hey, don't right. hit, man. Right. I mean, you know. I mean, the nicest guy in the world loves what he was doing, but you can tell just how much that has taken a toll on, on his body. Yeah, it, I, I, I just I, – I wish fans could understand that part of it. I, yeah. mean, I, I see I see linemen coming in with shoulder harnesses on, and I, I mean I've seen Clint Bowling go through a year right. playing with a separated shoulder, and yep. I mean I, I, I get it because you don't know it, you don't see it. I, I, I that that's understandable, but I, I, the point I want to drive home to people listening to this is, don't forget that's a human being out there that's gone through some real physical toil. Right. Yes, they're making a great piece of change. No one's putting a gun to their head to do it. So guess what? Andrew Luck, not a gun to his head, decided, I can't do this anymore. Yep. I hurt too badly. I don't want to do this anymore. And you can tell in that press conference how painful that was sure. for him. And I think that's it's not like he was enjoying walking away from the game or wanting to wanted to walk away from the game at this point. No question about it. All right, we'll do some more NFL uh, next week as we get set for the season. Uh, the end of the preseason comes up for all the teams this Thursday, and then the regular season uh, starts next week, next Thursday, September the 5th. The Bengals, of course, open at Seattle. We'll talk much more about that game How about a, next One more week. quick yes. thing in the NFL. Yes. Does Zeke Elliott or Melvin Gordon play this year? I think, because Zeke, I think Zeke does. Because at some point, this, this could be a situation – with Joe Mixon in Cincinnati, I it's, uh, let's 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 go ahead and touch on that because I've bandied that about with some other people too. Yeah. I, I look if Joe has another good year, I get it. Yeah, I do. I get it for Zeke. Yeah, I do. I know you're under contract. You're under that. You got one more year to go. It's different for the Cowboys though because they can essentially end his career. 
Correct. I mean, they can not pay him for the next correct. two years. They That's can correct. franchise tag That's him, correct. not pay him. That's correct. And they offered him to be the second highest paid running back in yeah. the league. And at some point, you need to take the coin. I, I, the thing I fear for running backs is, and I truly believe this, for the most part, they're a dime a dozen. I, I, yep. I that's terrible to say. Um, you know, I, I watch a kid like Rodney Anderson the other night. I know it's preseason; it's one quarter of preseason. I look and go, man, I think the kid can play in the league. Right. I, I was impressed with Travion guy. Williams. Travion Williams, yeah, I think the kid can play in the league. And yep. it feels like every year you're getting those late round undrafted rookies. I mean, Jordan Ellis has run the ball well when he's been given right. the opportunity. He leads the team in receptions. He's done a lot of good things. He won't make this team. He'll probably wind up on the practice squad, but it feels like every year there's more and right. more of those guys. You're finding, but that. I get these running backs because I think they're at that stage of you know you got the first first rookie deal, but I I want to get extended and I want to get paid because I've produced for you because my lifespan isn't very. I mean, right. you're not giving a running back a third contract. You're just not. No. You're, you're almost if you're a team that does that, you're just damn dumb. You're yep. financially you're financially pissing money away. Yep. It's just 100%. not very smart. But I. Yeah, it's a great question. I, I, I think Zeke does. I think Melvin yeah. Gordon. Melvin Gordon seems it seems like there's a high level of animosity. I think yep. when push comes to shove, Jerry Jones will sweet talk his way into getting Zeke to either sign or play one or the yeah. other. I, I, that's my thought. What do you think? I, I'm, I'm, I just, I just don't know. I don't think Melvin Gordon plays. I'm with you. The animosity, but I look at man. It's like it's not like they came in and offered Zeke to be the tenth highest paid running no, back. No, I know they I mean, offered him to be the second highest and, and, and paid running the back thing. in the NFL. They have to pay the quarterback. I, I right. don't, I'm not a big. I don't think. Yep. I don't think Dak Prescott is a franchise level guy, but he's a capable guy, yeah. and he's more than a capable but guy. I think. And quarterbacks get paid in this league. It's just the way it works, man. Earlier on, I would have thought differently, but hearing Jerry Jones when they extended what Jalen Smith's right. contract, yep. that was a frustrated that, and angry yes. guy that said, "Look, I don't owe him." Anything. I deserve the right to say Absolutely. what I want. It's collect. Here's the thing. It's collectively bargained. It's collectively, and it's also a guy that's sat next to a guy that's had a six-game suspension. Correct. A guy that's had some Correct. other off-the-field issues. Great point. So to come in and say, hey, here's the offer, second-highest paid back in the league, and, and for Zeke and his camp to kind of scoff at it, I, I don't know. That 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 could be at an impasse where unless Zeke's going to cave in. Well, I, you're right. The Cowboys do. He seem to have leverage other than the fact that he's a very good player. It's a, yeah, it's them a different situation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he could essentially not be paid for four years. That's that's crazy. I think eventually you cave to that. And that's yep. why I think Zeke plays. Melvin Gordon doesn't. All right, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll talk some high school football. Week zero in Northern Kentucky is over. That's correct. Week one in Southeast Indiana is over, and it's week one in Cincinnati. We'll talk about that. We still got some college football. Big first weekend to talk about as well as we continue. It's the Angry Quarterbacks from the James Rapine Memorial Studio from your friends at ESP Media. Getting answers, finding solutions. Local 12 News investigates. As soon as we called you, everything happened very quickly. Not afraid to ask the tough questions. Taking action, getting the truth. Local 12 News investigates. Welcome back in segment two of season four, episode one. Wow. Write that down and see if you can remember. It's the Angry Quarterbacks. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback, Tony Pike. Last segment, we talked NFL football, specifically the Bengals and Andrew Luck. Uh, time to talk some high school football. We got college football for segment three and, and uh, certainly a big game in these parts to talk about UCLA coming to play at UC in the opener on Thursday night. But high school football, week zero in Kentucky is in the books. Week one in Southeast Indiana is in the books. And now it's week one in, in, in Cincinnati. And I'll be honest, over the last whatever period of time, it feels like you've started every maybe decade, two decades, whatever it is. It feels like every year you can go into it and, and 
say five teams yep. are the best five, and maybe even say who the best two are, and you'll be darn close to right. You really will be. This year, I'm not sure you can do that. I, I, I'm not sure there's a super team in the city. May, maybe Princeton has that potential, maybe. But it feels like there's a lot of good teams in the city, though, which would make, for I think, for a heck of a season coming up. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, and, and we talked about this. I, I did a broadcast from the Lawrenceburg East Central game this past weekend, and that was the discussion. I mean, so many times in this area you go in and you say, well, St. X. Uh, Colrain X. Head above Colrain Elder this Colrain year. Moeller, Elder yep. Colrain. Oh, Colrain was always in the conversation. was yes. always in the conversation. Though. Yeah. You, you got into this year, and you're sitting there, and, and you're I'm, – I'm going over different high schools and where teams are at and the rosters that these teams have. I think this is the most balance we've had in, in greater Cincinnati area in a long time. And I think the balance comes from – like I went down the, the Crosstown Showdown list of the players playing in this area this year for high school football. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is – I mean, guys that are not only going to be playing at the college level, guys that will one day play at the NFL level. Probably right. I mean, you could go any random Friday night and you're going to see college players on high school football Power fields. five conference players. Yes. I mean, it is – it's crazy the, the pool of – talent that's coming out of this area not just greater cincinnati but northern kentucky southeast indiana all those areas that come together uh, to form where we're at i mean it is it's a ton of talent and it is now separation of this talent onto teams yeah that it's like okay this team i could see i could see this team but i don't know what i have from this too. right yeah. i don't know what i have from this team yet i don't know where the like so for every good can say a, a negative. Correct. You know, I know that Elder's offense should be really good. But they're very small on defense. But they're on small. Defense. I don't know about defense. I can say St. X offensively should be really good. Because they've got a new right. a new system. Yeah, but you lose Paris Johnson, who's the number one offensive lineman in the country. To Princeton. To Princeton. So Princeton has all these guys coming together. Can you mesh all those guys together? So, you know, Cole Rain, are they going to run option? Are they going to throw the ball? They've got one of each. Right. You know, one of each at quarterback. What's Lakota West going to do with Tom Bolton now? I mean, there's played very well against Colton right, in the scrimmage. Right. I mean, there's there's so many different variables that go in. I think this high school sports football season is going to be pretty special. Uh, we, we we do a poll each week, uh, a ranking, and we started it. Uh, we're doing this podcast on a Tuesday, and our our rankings will be out on Tuesday. Um, and I'll go ahead and, and just the, the the top five careful. for me and see see if be careful. I I'll, I'll put to you first. If you had to have a, a top two ranked team, who would they be? Who would be your top two or three? Uh, I I would throw Elder up there. Yeah, just because you look at the talent off, they're going to be able to possess the ball. Uh, they and 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 as undersized as they always are, they're always scrappy. Correct. They always come up and hit on defense. I would put Elder up there because of the talent on the field. I would put Princeton up there, and. After that, it's an unknown for me. It's funny you say. I mean, like, well, I'll give you the top, our top five, yeah. and you can find the rest at local12.com. It's the we do the top twelve, and then we do uh, the top six divisions three through seven teams, and then we do a Kentucky Indiana combined uh, ranking of top six teams to get them involved as well. But I went Elder one, X two, Princeton three, Covington Catholic because we include the Northern Kentucky schools four. Fairfield five, and then I'll throw the one extra in there, Winton Woods six. So if you take Covcat out, if you're just looking in this area. Um, and Winton Woods has a very tough opener. They play at Trotwood Madison, so that's a, that's a tough way to open. But I could tell you this thing could get jumbled within three weeks. And who it, was your five uh, after Covcath? Uh, Fairfield. Okay. Juton McLean. Yeah, decent running back. Yeah. I mean, there's some – and talking about games this week, here there's some great ones. Elders opening at Kahana Lincoln. We got Princeton at Milford. You can hear that game on ESP Media. I'll be broadcasting that with Kyle Howard. 
Coleraine's opening up at Huber Heights Wayne. Fairfield's hosting Centerville. They're in that mix there. Lakota West, you mentioned yep. Tom Bolton's debut is going to be only at LaSalle. Um, and then Saturday, Moeller hosting Indy Cathedral. And St. X opens on Friday with Brownsburg, Indiana. And then a, a nice game, East Central. You saw them last week. They host Oak Hills. We'll see. Uh, you know, East Central's had a great run here uh, of late. We'll see if Oak Hills is ready to take a, a big step forward or not. But, I mean, for a first week, and that's just touching the surface, it's pretty good games. Yeah, this is a uh, this is a situation. Look, and, and like you said, there's – there's too many unknowns, and and I and I probably am wrong in Colerain. I, I maybe I'm putting too much stock in the skim, scrimmage with West. Maybe it says more about West, yeah. than it does about Colerain. Well, what's one thing that that people have always said about West? They always have talent. Correct. I mean, you're you're going to get a pool of talent uh, to go from. So, look, I a lot of these games, especially early on, because we don't know where teams are. It's like the first week to me of any football season, NFL, college. You can think you know what a team has. Yes. And then you, you come to find out, okay, this team has more. This team isn't what I thought it right. was. So, for me, I've had the ability in the offseason to train a ton of guys. I know you have, yeah. And talking to them, one of the problems that has come from a lot of different schools, at least early it seems, questions on the offensive line. Well, if you want to, if you want to have any type of passing attack or running attack, it starts on the offensive <laughs> kinda line. kind of does. So, you look at a team that should be good on the offensive line, Princeton, you look at teams that have those players that can overpower. I, I was watching film with a, a Northern Kentucky quarterback the other day, and we were watching film of Covcath, and I'm seeing Mayer at linebacker. It's insane. I'm he's, like, holy cow! Like, he, he's he's recruited as a tight end, but man, he's, yes. a, he's a wrecker on defense yeah, as well. Yeah, so so you get those type of players, but not everyone's kind of like jumbled up, and you really don't know what you have. And and I guess you know, for me, I would have to agree too. I mean, Winton Woods has a tough start, but they got Mayan Williams who he's can be Mister Ohio yes. in football. I mean, we watched him last year in the playoffs. He is truly, and we, you and I said that on the broadcast, he, he's one of those generational-type running backs. He just looks the part. I mean, yeah. kind of Herschel Walker-ish, yeah. he's Bo one of, Jackson-ish, he's one of those, Marcus Dupree-ish. He's one of those guys, if you want to watch guys of that caliber, go watch a Winton Woods game this yeah, year. Like, pick a Friday and go watch, because like you could do that – for 10 Fridays this football season. Oh, and find... Yeah, every, like go down to Cuffcat for a game. Go, go watch Winton Woods. Go watch Elder. You know, there there's so much going on this year. I mean, it is... Go watch Wyoming. Right. You, you watch Evan Pratt. You mentioned the East Central Lawrenceburg. East Central's got a running back, Jake Fike, one of the hardest runners I've seen at that level. I mean, just willed his way, running people over. He had a play where he fumbled, and before he fumbled, he ran like five guys over and was in the process of running six over. And I think the ball kind of he, he just got exhausted. Yeah, him over. Like, I mean, it was I incredible. Can't, I can't like, like a really, but it is. I mean, the the pool of talent, and then you you add in not just the pool of talent, but every year in football, people surprise you. Right. So you add in that pool, and then say, okay, now you're going to have all these breakout guys. I, I think it's going to be one of the most evenly matched high school sports seasons we've had. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those years from a Harbin standpoint. I mean, week one, you got some huge matchups here that could go a long way for a lot of teams towards towards making the playoffs. Right. Um, you, you, may, you, you may have a year where everybody in this region has a couple of losses as yep. opposed to, you know, you got a super team or two. Uh, it should be a lot of fun for sure, uh, and it starts on Friday night. Of course, in Northern Kentucky, it is week two. You mentioned Kevin and Kathy got off to a big 37 nothing win over uh, Ryle last Friday. They look like they're ready to steamroll people again. They play Campbell County this week. Connor plays at Ryle. Connor came off of a very nice win over Madison Central on Saturday, 27-6. to Cooper off of a 7 nothing win over Dixie Heights plays at Newport Central Catholic. You train their quarterback 
my guy Paul Kramer. Yeah. Um, Paul had a very nice first game for, for Newcath in, in their opening win as well. So two one and teams uh, as well. And a pretty good game on Saturday to watch. Highlands plays Knoxville Catholic, uh, Knoxville Tennessee Catholic at Corbin. You know, I, I Covcat to me is clearly the number one team in Northern Kentucky, yes. but Highlands feels like it's closing the gap. And man, they're going to meet probably not just once, but probably twice. And- Alabama Fish Bar, the Taste of Cincinnati 2017 winner. Alabama Fish Bar located in Over the Rhine at 1601 Race Street, Cincinnati. Go to alabamafishbar.com to learn more about this 26-year-old staple serving the freshest fish in historic downtown Cincinnati. Open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Closed all major holidays. Welcome back into the Angry Quarterbacks. It's segment three. This week it's our college football segment. We've talked NFL. We've talked high school. I'm Richard Skinner from Local 12 and Local12.com with the real quarterback, Tony Pike. And um, first and foremost, let's discuss your bobblehead. Yeah. Available to UC season ticket uh, signees, Hopefully, if you will. Hopefully not just available to season ticket holders, but hopefully I can get my hands on a couple because I have a lot of like family members, a.k.a. Like, grandparents, aunts, They and like those. They want some, too. They want some, too. Yeah. And and the, the, they're giving out starting this Thursday, right, when UC hosts I believe UCLA? so. I don't know. Now I I don't got, know all the logistics I, on this. I had someone send me a picture of the bobblehead, but I, yeah. I, it doesn't look like is it, is well, it really you? They, or did you really have a bobblehead? They gave these out at the uh, like a media luncheon last week. This so, looks like a creepy old man who yeah. just came from the corner grocery store and got his got his no no this, this looks like a creepy old man that thinks he's still playing football that puts the helmet on on game day and he's into the action. Well, what I actually had to do, I had to pose for um, about three hours while the designer drew me. Well, apparently he can't draw. Well, the the problem is before, before it all happened, I let the left side of my mustache grow well, just that, a hair that, longer. That, that, that's the thing for me. It's a little unequal there. Um, it doesn't it, it doesn't quite jibe. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, my my only thing it looks like there's some gray in there. It, it that's what it does. That's what I'm saying. That's my like only creepy, problem. It looks like a creepy old man with a gray mustache. There's what? a little gray. Do you? I mean, I'm looking at, for the. This is an audio mm-hmm. uh, thing that we're doing, obviously, and so I'll paint the pit picture tony's got kind of a full beard with a full yeah. mustache yeah. do you use like a grecian no. thing to come come on no. now i'm not a just for men guy all right i'm just checking Looks so natural this looks, this not looks even gray. skinny can tell That's exactly right well i can tell here that there's some gray in that mustache well the cool thing about this bobblehead it is cool it is cool to have a bobblehead the, the cool thing about the bobblehead is the i mean the audio to me i mean they, they mesh together sean mcdonough and dan horch yes, call correct that is that is the Obviously, to commemorate, and really the highlight of the play was the catch by Armand Benz. Yes, There's no question about that. Yes, I mean that, I just, he 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 made the play. Well, he had to accelerate and go to his leave his feet to yes. make the catch. I mean that 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 was the part to yeah. me. That's the part that everybody. I'm just I'm out. just cashing in on a good catch. Now I haven't seen the Armand Benz portion of it. Does it does, does it look close to him? I do, I've I have not seen the bobblehead in person yet. I, I was just say, well, I, I wonder who sent me this picture. I'll it's let really you know. Okay. No, well, uh, is your boy from Channel 12, Jed? Oh, he's got. Well, he's, he's got. He hands, tweeted it out. Oh, he's got his hands on one. Yeah. Oh, I, I'll have to. I'm, I'm going down there after this. Well, there you go. I'll have to take a look and see. Well, congratulations to you. I think. Hey. Are you happy with this? Yeah, we'll see. Okay. I yeah. want to see it in person. Yeah, exactly. I, I do too. I just want to put it on and just continuously hit the button. Yep. And just close my eyes and go back. <laughs> go back to that day when it was yep. like 18 degrees and yep. the snow was flying. Yep. And there you are hitting Armand Benz for the game winner at Pittsburgh. Mm. All right, speaking of games, we start uh, – actually, college football season already started uh, last week with a couple of games, Miami of Florida and Florida and then Two Arizona. Two pretty good games. Uh, yeah, well, for the Pac-12, though, another bad look. 
double-digit favorite Arizona goes to Hawaii and loses. That that's tough why place that league play. has a hard. It is. It actually is a tough place to play. I was there for the great Rick Minter, uh, the, the great fight? fight with Hawaii. Wow. Yes, I was on the field. I actually had a, a baby food jar that whizzed by my head that I'm glad didn't connect with me. But uh, yeah, it was quite the fight. All right, but UC gets underway this Thursday against UCLA, a team they beat last year in the season opener, but a much different UCLA team, one that you expect to be better, but one that's gotten some bad news here in the last few days. Uh, yeah, I mean, Bo Calvert, the, the UCLA linebacker, who was expected to be a point of emphasis for UCLA. Uh, they've since lost a player to injury in the offseason at linebacker. They lose Bo Calvert, which looks like for eight games right. now to injury. And all of a sudden, uh, this looks like a weakness of this defense now. I mean, this is – look, this team wasn't very good last year. Got better. But they improved as yeah. the year went on. They returned a ton of guys. Uh, Chip Kelly, year number two, that accounts for a lot. Going in, you knew that the strength of this team is going to be their secondary defensively. So even without Bo Calvert, I think they come up and really for, try to force UC to beat them down the field because as, as good as Des Ritter was last year, as good as this offense was last year, not a ton of down-the-field throws. No, but it, 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 it sounds like from people I've talked to that, that some receivers have really done did a nice job in, in camp to the point where they, they maybe have a couple of those throws. Yes, I mean, they're, they're going to have opportunities, but yeah. going from last year, you haven't seen that yet. Correct. So if I'm a defense, I'm going to say, okay, I want to see it before I'm just going to let this, this monster of running backs run all over me. So regardless of having their linebacker or not, I think UCLA still tries to crowd the box and say, look, if you're going to beat us, then it's got to be throwing the ball because we're not just going to let Michael Warren and Jared Dokes run down our throat the whole game. Last year was, I don't want to call it magical, but it was it was a pleasant surprise the way that the season unfolded, and it started by going to uh, the Rose Bowl and beating UCLA in the opener. Again, it was not a great UCLA team. It was a perfect storm to some degree for UC to go in there and get that victory. This feels like, without question, a better UC team than last yeah. year. But expectations are a little different now. And so now how – I think that's a big thing. How do they handle those expectations? Because now the shoe's on the other foot, right? It's UCLA's coming to your place. You're the team that's – actually, I think UC's a three-point favorite, yep. two-and-a-half-point favorite. So, you know, basically an even game, but still a slight favorite in this game. So you're the favorite. You're supposed to win. You're supposed to beat a Power 5 school in UCLA for a second straight year. So the expectations yeah. are a whole lot different. It's a whole lot different. And when you, when you go back to last year, it took a – Interception on the goal line to beat Ohio. You had a pick six in overtime against SMU. They didn't play very well on the road in most games last year. I Uh, mean, yeah, let's face it, that was not a good UCLA team, and they were in a struggle to win that. Look, I'm not crapping on that. It's a a great game to go out there in the opener and all that. Nobody thought – no one saw that coming. No one saw it. So I look look this year – Mo Egger and I talked a little bit about this yesterday because it it feels different. It feels like fans are already – Chalking up and saying, "Yeah, this is an easy win, or this is a win." And like I, I'm thinking on the other end, like if I'm, if you, but here's the thing: if this were the expectation, if you don't win, you still right. got a game with Ohio State. You well, still I mean, got a look, game in there with Miami. Look at their first Marshall on the yeah, road is the you first mentioned, six. Yeah. I mean, Miami of Ohio did. is UCF in that first six. Too? Yeah, yeah, and then at Houston. Oh, okay, there, yeah. Who's, I mean, at Houston could win the AAC. Correct. UCF could win the AAC. Marshall's picked to win Conference USA. Uh, Miami of Ohio. No matter where those teams are, it's, it's always just, it's just where it is. It's on always the a slugfest, yeah. And then you sandwich that in between Marshall and Ohio State. I mean, it, to me, it's it's important to win the first game. I think I think it's. I mean, it's almost it's almost paramount. Like you have to win the first game. But what needs to be understood is 
the, the motivation level in college football is a big thing. And when you're talking about a team last year, and all offseason it's been, hey, they came across the country to the Rose Bowl and beat us physically on our beat, home opener. Physically beat you. Yeah, and that is motivation for offseason. That is motivation for training camp. That is motivation to get ready for this game. So they're coming in looking for payback, looking sure. for a chip on their shoulder that UC had last year. UCLA didn't match the intensity and physicalness from UC last year. Now, can UC match that early in this game? Because Nippert Stadium, packed house, Thursday night football, uh, the eyes of the country are watching. If you want to make a statement, this is the game to do it. But I don't think it's going to be as easy as a lot of people have thought that I've talked to. Yeah, like, I, well, you got UCLA, okay, but then Ohio State. No, it's you got UCLA. Yes. And you need to focus on UCLA. Yes. And then we'll worry about that next week. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I, just because, again, the expectations are so much different. I think this is it. You you saw last year some some young talent who surprised us, right? And and that that's what happens sometimes. That talent's back, so you expect it to take a natural progression. This is certainly a far more talented roster yes. than what Tommy Tuberville left, and it's night and day. Obviously, there's no question across the board in a lot of different position groups. But that still doesn't guarantee you victory. I mean, you're still playing a power five team right. that has a chance to that has a, as a coach that's that's you know that coached the national power at Oregon, coached the NFL, is recruiting to Los Angeles, all those things. So you know they're going to get players at some point, and maybe already do in the system that we don't know about it. That's why I say maybe the, the shoe is completely on the other foot that UCLA is going to bring some guys in that we don't know about and surprise us. Right. So, and I do. I think I think I'm with you on the whole. I mean, it sounds so simplistic. You know, have a good, get off to a good start, but I think you get off to a good start, you can have some forward momentum. You lose this, and suddenly it really does look daunting. Those first six games. Yeah, the, the first. Six, I mean, it's murderers row, and after that, you still have Memphis, you still have USF. I mean, this is a, a tough schedule this year. Uh, but no, I, 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 if what I've seen from Luke Fickle in the past, they're going to be ready to play Thursday night. And when you mentioned the job he did last year the team they have come back this year and what they've done recruiting-wise. like It was easy to recruit after Tuberville because you could just say, hey, you can come in and play right, right away. Right, And a lot of guys chose right. to do that. They're still Now they're crushing recruiting, bringing in the highest rate of recruit, killing the state of Ohio with a young roster. Right. So they, they've done great in that sense. And now it's, you know, the, the time for talking about stuff is kind of over. I mean, it's Thursday's coming. And you're going to see where you're at sooner rather than later. No question. Ohio State opens at home on Saturday against Florida Atlantic. Justin Fields, the Georgia transfer, gets the start there. Be interesting to see how he meshes in that offense. Yeah. I, you know, all I saw out of Justin Fields basically at Georgia was he get get thrown in the game yep. every once in run. a while, run the ball. Um, he was obviously, you know, he's the number one ranked uh, quarterback recruit in the country at the time. I, I want to get to a jumping point. It's not a matter of talking really about that game. Ohio State's going to crush Florida Atlantic. They can name the score. It, it'll be interesting to watch, you know, how he performs and how that offense performs with, without a handful of, of, of key guys from last year. But still, they're going to crush Florida Atlantic. But Justin Fields is one of a number of guys who transferred and are starting elsewhere and starting right away. I mean, you can almost go through through the top 25, and I'll bet you half of them have transfer quarterbacks, if not more, yeah. transfer quarterback. I mean, Michigan, Shea Patterson was at Mississippi. I mean, it, it, it's everywhere. Do you... Do you understand that that level, or do you think that you ought to, you know, if you're the number two guy that, look, it's okay to be yeah. the backup for a year or two. I can learn something being the backup, yeah. and then I'll go play in, my next two in years. In today's football, for whatever reason, it's not. I think it's I think it's great. I mean, I was sixth string at one point on the on the team. Uh, it to me, it's a it's a bad run of looks in in college football. This this whole 
well, my job got taken, so I'm going to go somewhere else. Instead of just saying, hey, I'm going to battle, I'm going to continue to push, I'm going to... So do you, do you like the, the idea that guys do that? No. Okay, okay. I, I like, like you said it was great, my bad. Okay. No, I, I, like, I like staying and, and battling. I like staying, and just, I mean, just because, you know, someone comes in with a higher star ranking and, and more publicity around them, like, you still have to perform on the field. And whether that's a game or two, if it now, if you sit behind a no, I, so, so, I, what, I, so, so an interesting situation is Ben Bryan at UC. Yes, Ben Bryan is a highly rated Very. recruit. Came in and all of a sudden, Des Ritter takes the league by storm. Des Ritter's only a sophomore, so and Evan Prater's coming behind, right? So now in that situation, I can kind of say, okay, I'm going to sit. But if I'm sitting behind a guy for a year, and it's a senior or something, or a guy transfers in for a senior season, that's another year for me to learn. And and I'm always one. I mean. Not many colleges nowadays go through a whole season with one quarterback. Yes. No, right, Bumps, right. bruises, gets banged up. You get opportunities. So I'm, I'm all for, unless the situation is, okay, I got three other freshmen that are ahead of me on the depth chart. Well, I thought I mean, there's a couple of them that are interesting. George's co quarterback thing because Jake Fromm kind of won that job. Right. And Jacob Eason was there before him. Jacob Eason now is the starting quarterback at Washington. Right. Um, Justin Fields decided he didn't want to stay there. He's now the starting, starting quarterback at Ohio State. So obviously, those guys. That's when it works. For Tate Martell and guys like that, well, it doesn't work. Yeah, I was going to bring Tate Martell up. But I mean, Kelly Bryant. Yeah. He, he's a pretty good quarterback, but mm-hmm. lost his job. He was never going to get the job back. Right. Jalen Hurts was the. I want people to. He was the SEC player, offensive player right. of the year. Year and lost his job to Tua Tagovailoa. So yep. for him, I, I see. I, so part of me doesn't blame these guys. I know see, what I you're. I know what you're saying. I think when when it's that point and you're a junior or you're late in your career and a freshman is the guy now. Okay, yeah, then, yeah, I get okay, that. Okay, okay. But ju- just because a guy comes to school and I'm oh, I'm gone. I mean, I, I just think. I, the, well, I love Gunnar Hoke transferred from Kentucky to Ohio State. Right. I guess he thought he had a chance to win the job. You're not going to beat Justin Fields right. out. So. So I I think it's interesting, and I think locally, I mean, there's some. Thomas McVitie is going to start yeah. at Kansas this year, which is, I mean, where he was from Pitt to yeah, he went the old, he went, junior college. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to so now he went to Pitt initially. Yeah, to now starting for Kansas. Uh, Chase Wolf, Chase Wolf at Wisconsin. They brought in Graham Mertz, who was the highest rated recruit ever at Wisconsin as a quarterback, and they're basically even on the depth chart going into. Uh, the season, so they're both going to get time. Peyton Ramsey lost his job, and Peyton Ramsey, which look, I tweeted about this yesterday. All Peyton Ramsey's done is be the school's completion leader in percentage through his career so far as a freshman and sophomore. He's got a passer rating of one twenty eight. I think he's done great things. Done absolutely as a freshman and sophomore, almost beat Michigan. Right. Played injured, and I mean, I don't know what else he could have been asked to do. And you come out and you lose your job like that. To me, is fr- now Peyton is the type of resolve and the type of kid that's just going to keep working and, and win the job back. But it's crazy in this day, in this game of college football, you sacrifice your body and you play at a really high – I mean, like school's completion percentage leader for the history of the school. It's pretty good. As a freshman and sophomore, and then you lose your job going into your junior season. That, that to me, is it's, – it's a crazy part about college football, but you either – at this point, you either crumble or you keep working even harder – and go get your job back, and that just seems like the kind of guy Peyton is. Yeah, it just feels like that. So many of these quarterbacks, like I mentioned, if you went down the top twenty-five, I would guarantee you at least half, over half, because you can't have half of you can't have twelve yeah. and a half teams. Yeah, you can, twelve and a half. Thirteen. It, I'll say the majority. So that would be thirteen. Have a transfer quarterback starting for them. Mm-hmm. 
Somebody prove me wrong on that, if you would. All right, a couple other games of note. Uh, Kentucky opens up against Toledo at home at noon on Saturday. Kentucky lost a lot from last season, so it'll be interesting to see, especially defensively with, with what they lost with Josh Allen to the NFL, what they lost in the secondary uh, for those guys to the NFL, losing Benny Snell, the running back, uh, how they perform. So Toledo, Toledo, believe it or not, has a running back who's our leading rusher from last year who transferred from oh. Kentucky. Well, there so there you go. And then Miami opens at Iowa. Tough opener for Chuck Martin, but I think yeah. for, for, for Miami, like it is for most MAC teams, it is when the when the one they usually schedule the one easy win for themselves, then there's a 50-50 game, and then there's two bye games, and then the Mac. So it's just basically yeah. get ready for the Mac. We always talk about is this is this And the, I believe AJ Mayer's in that mix to be the starting the, quarterback. Is this there. the Chuck the Ma- Chuck Martin hot seat year? We think, talk about think, this every year. I, I think it is. Yeah. I think it is. I think it's got to be bowl game, doesn't it? We discuss that every year. I think it's got to be bowl game. All yeah. right, to wrap up the college football segment since it's kind of the opening weekend. Mm. Give me your, give me your, give me your four for the for the playoffs. Oh boy! Is, is it is is it cut and, is it as cut and dried as we all think it is? Clemson, Clemson, Bama, Bama, Georgia, and Oklahoma. And Jalen Hurts getting revenge on Oklahoma. I think so too. Just and because again, I, I think week one, prove me wrong. No, I'm with you. I just think like. Ohio State, new coach, new quarterback. You still got a lot to learn there. I, I, we had a uh, on another podcast I do. We had a, a writer from Cleveland dot com uh, who covers Ohio State, and we asked him what was kind of a fair thought. He kind of thought ten and two, nine and three ish, and that's probably yeah. fair. I eleven and one maybe, but I don't think eleven and one would get you to the playoffs. I don't think. I just don't. Big Ten feels like it would beat beat itself up enough to where it's just is going to be again on the outside well, looking yeah. in. I can see that. All right, if it's. If it's not Clemson or Alabama winning the national championship, it's it's what team in your opinion? Uh, I like Georgia this year. I do too. I like Fromm. I do too. Because if we're saying the, the caveat is it's not Georgia or if it's not Alabama or yep. or um, or Clemson, it would mean Georgia would be in that mix to having had, had to beat one of them, right? Yeah, yep. I, I'm with you on that. I, yep. I think they're they, they feel like the team that's that, Needs to take that next step. It just keeps getting close. And Oklahoma, I guess, is kind of in that boat too, a little bit, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean you got to see how Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Really looks in that in, offense, in that, but I mean, you can't knock what Lincoln Riley's done. He's done <laughs> two two playoff appearances, yeah. two Heisman Trophy winners in two years. That's a that's a pretty yeah. good start. Well, yeah, it it really you know segues you into to just how important the quarterback position really is, Skinny. It is. There's there's no question about it, and it's proven by guys who get bobbleheads. Exactly. All right. Guys uh, who get bobbleheads, and now. Quarterback Academy. Yeah, you got a quarterback academy. I, 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 I want you to touch on that really quickly because you've got the quarterback academy started. You've been you've been working. It's funny because we've been working we, on this for a while. Well, when we we talk high school football a lot of times. You have a great knowledge, and high school football is hard to get a yeah. grasp on just because it's so unwieldy. Unless you are deep into preps, and I'm not as deep into yeah. as I used to be. I used to cover preps and love preps and love high school football, and I do Princeton games here for ESP Media, so I, I get a chance to see some different games. Unless you're really deep into it, it's hard to have knowledge, but you do because you work with a lot of these quarterbacks on these teams we're yeah. talking about. Yeah, so I, I get to work with a lot of the guys and, and with that get an understanding of the teams because we try to cater the training to, like if, hey, offensive line is going to be bad this year, okay, we'll do more movement in the pocket and get out of the pocket type of and stuff. And you do film stuff with them, yeah, so I we, think that's the most interesting yeah. thing to me. So basically, I've, I've been doing this for a couple of years now, and it's gotten to a point, not by marketing, but just by word of mouth, uh, because there's been guys that have gone on to play at the next well, level. Nobody else has a bobblehead that's out there teaching quarterbacks. See? Exactly. Yeah. So for the last year or so, my problem has been where turning guys away and where you know winner. So I I met with uh, Pat Coyne, who played high school football here in Cincinnati, Hamilton Baden. Uh, he went to UC as a quarterback, and he started his own. It's black sheep training. 
Uh, but he's been training a lot. He drew sample. Uh, he was training Jonah Williams a little bit. And his stuff is physical training. Yeah, yeah, yeah like uh, speed, quickness, yeah. agility, that type of nutrition. Well, I went and looked at his facility, and he has some indoor turf. We got a uh, place for film. So we came up together of the, uh, and we're going to it's the, called the Cincy QB Academy. I like it. Uh, so it, it's and 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 that's. I, I think you should have called it Pike's Place. That's just yeah. me. But that's, that's just like me. a coffee. Yeah, oh, that's, that's like a, a coffee yeah, you're roast. Right. You're right. But we we wanted we wanted to encompass. I mean, a, a quarterback academy, not just quarterback training, but like you said, film, board work, so film prep, uh, understanding how to read defenses, things like that. And then to incorporate, you know, for 10, 15 minutes at the end, stretching, stability type of stuff, and then throw a nutrition part in there. So it's kind of the all-encompassing place for a quarterback. And then and it's not just we'll have one-on-one stuff, but this is, hey, we're going to get you into a group setting. Because you get down to college and you're sitting in a meeting room with five guys. Right, right. Uh, you're training with five other quarterbacks, four other quarterbacks. So we're going to get them more into a group setting to, to feel kind of like a a college type of atmosphere of what you're going to face. Because when I got to college, it was so Holy overwhelming. God, you know, I, I of, met, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm from Reading High School. We didn't have, you know, now all of a sudden. You had the Bell and Howell projector. Yeah. Now all of a sudden there's five other guys and, and this coach is hollering out questions. And, I mean, you could feel really small in that room if you don't know how to read any of that. So – we're going to accomplish all that stuff. We're obviously still going to do the one-on-one and the uh, the team stuff, but it's good to, to find someone that, that shares that passion. And Where can people find some info? CincyQBAcademy.com. Simple as that. Yep. So one thing I would suggest, though, is if you are listening, uh, if you're the parent or maybe even a, uh-huh. a high school player who wants to run the option, and nope. that's what you think, don't, don't, not, don't, no, come, to Tony, don't come to Tony for it's that. not where you're coming. Tony on the belly series was not the best. It was it was simple. If the option was called and I was playing, I was pitching. On one step, one step yep. pitch? And I would, Brian Kelly would say, what are you doing? You're an idiot. And I would say, look, I saw the end crash. And yeah. that was the end of it. I would then take the heat. For the misread. On Monday. For the misread. And film when things are much cooler. Where he'd say, yeah. I don't see an end crashing, yep. Tony, on oh, that film. You know what? You're right. I missed that I, I, one. He flashed. Yep. That's all I can I'll take a negative on that play. That's all I can But I still got my head. Good stuff. All right, we'll be back uh, next week to talk some more NFL as we get set for the week one of the NFL season. Some Bengals, high school football, college football. It's the Angry Quarterbacks each and every week through the football season. For Tony Pike, I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us. You've been listening to the Angry Quarterbacks from the James Rapine Memorial Studio from your friends at ESP Media.